to the 2024 NFL Draft, but here at the Rookie Big Board, we are looking even further ahead. My name is Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, and I am joined by Matt Cooper to do a two-round Devi Superflex PPR mock draft. Cooper, here at the Rookie Big Board, we just updated the Dynasty Big Board for the class of 2025, 2026, and yes, 2027. We have those incoming freshmen now on the rookie big board. And again, the coolest thing about it is that you can directly compare those player values to all the dynasty players, all the incoming rookies. And uh, I'm excited to be chopping it up here. Uh, if you're listening to this, you normally hear Skip's voice talking with Cooper, but I'm going to fill in this week and we're going to have a little bit more fun. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, I highly encourage you to not only leave a comment, ask us some questions about your Debbie drafts, your Debbie rankings, but uh, also go ahead and check out Cooper's page over on YouTube as well. Matt, before we get into it, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of an intro to it? Yeah, so uh, it's called the Debbie to Dynasty Film Room. Uh, you can go to uh, youtube.com slash at Debbie to Dynasty FR. It's the number two, not T-O. And uh, yeah, we, we actually have our own podcast that we do over there every week. Right now we are doing in-depth breakdowns of the All-22 on this rookie class. We do two prospects a week. We go trait by trait, looking through strengths, weaknesses, where we draft them, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we should have some film breakdowns coming your way too. So we're, we're not just on a podcast talking about it, but we're actually showing you what we see. So definitely check it out. Uh, I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. So growing, it's it's a... Uh, about a thousand subs and uh just do it for fun but it's hopefully it's good content helpful for you guys well let's go ahead let's have a little bit of fun here and uh i'm gonna let you start it off here again we're doing a two-round devi mock draft we're gonna work through this thing at a pretty decent pace here but this is a really important exercise i think at this point in time because this is a really good opportunity to take stock i mentioned it we just re-upped the rankings right the transfer portal at least for now has calmed a little bit we we're, we're moving past in terms of a Debbie sense, right? We're moving past these 2024 rookies and just kind of seeing what next year looks like. And even if you don't play Debbie, right, this helps you understand the value of your 2025 rookie picks. And then also, you know, keep in context, the value of this year's class in context of what's coming next, right? We're going to talk about the quarterback position. That'll certainly be part of this discussion. So uh, Cooper, with that said, 101, it is all you start us off. Man, it's a tough one right off the bat because there's three guys, three wide receivers in the 2025 class who I love, and, I, and I'm going to go with one of those guys. Um, and I've been a huge fan of Evan Stewart for a long time. I don't know that I can make that kind of a bold pick, just given given the struggles that he had this year, but he's still a guy that I'm really high on. Um, had been my wide receiver one in the class, but I, I, I think – I'm going to take Ted McMillan. I'm going to take oh, Ted wow. McMillan. And Whoa. I actually, I'm going off of my rankings here because I have Luther Burden number one. 
First uh, pick. <laughs> Throw out the rankings. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm throwing them out the window. I, Ted McMillan, man, I, I watched the bowl game. Obviously, you don't get to watch a ton because they're they're on the West Coast and they're on the Sicko Slate and, and all that kind of stuff. But every time I watch him play, I'm just so impressed by how smooth he is at six foot five. And the production is insane. I honestly think that if he played in the SEC or if he was on a little bit earlier for East Coast folks, like I, I think he'd be getting more buzz and more hype. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I, I think, you know, while Luther Burden had an incredible season, I think Tet McMillan uh, has shown some really, really high-level traits. Uh, and that's the name of the game with Debbie, right? It's not just about chasing college production it's about looking for nfl traits and projecting a little bit so yeah I'll, I'll i'll make the spicy pick i'll take ted mcmillan 101 yeah i like mcmillan there 6'4, 185 great boundary receiver combines that with good athleticism uh i've been trying to keep him under the radar uh just hyping him up mostly to the rookie big board patrons but uh we're gonna blow the cover right off of that <laughs> 101 man you. With him going 101, but at 102, you made my life a lot easier. We're going to go Luther Burden, the wide receiver out of Mizzou. For me, you know, and again, as a reminder, folks, back-to-back wide receivers to start here. This is a super flex format. This is going to give you insight into where we feel the classes at this point in time. And I really feel that right now, Luther Burden is is the 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 prime of the class. He's the top dog going into things here. 6'1", 200. He separates consistently. He's got good speed. We saw him move inside this year, and I think that really unlocked uh, his ability to just uh, be a target monster in that Mizzou offense that's always leans towards that slot wide receiver. And Burden just produced at a high level. He's tearing up SEC defensive backs week in, week out. I think he's a special player. I think we can lock him into a uh top 15 nfl draft pick if not higher uh so i'm a big fan of luther burden and uh you know selfishly i'm glad you let him slide here to 102 uh but let's move on 103 we got go ahead i said it was a good pick yeah i mean honestly it's 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 probably who i quote unquote should have taken at 101 um definitely the consensus um and and i don't think you can go wrong with either of the two guys that we just picked to be honest um at 103, I am gonna go with Travion Henderson. Okay. And uh that is mostly I, I think when I look at him, I I see ideal size, I see receiving ability, I see explosiveness, um, I I see at least flashes of being tough between the tackles, maybe uh not always as consistently as you want him to be in that area, but I mean, if he had come out in this class, he would have been my clear RB1 in the class. He's got everything that you want for a three-down skill set, a workhorse back in the NFL. Um, and and not just like a guy who can do things, but can has some special traits. The juice, like it, he can be a difference maker, I think, for an NFL team and for fantasy football. So um, I'm going to chase that upside. And it's a little bit interesting with – him staying, even though Judkins is transferring in, and I'm really curious how that's all going to shake out next year. Uh, but I, I just like Trevion Henderson a lot as a player, and I, I feel like that's a pretty safe pick. Like I'd be shocked if he wasn't at least a day two pick next year. And he hits your, if you know, if you're playing in a Debbie league, he's going to hit your dynasty league sooner than a lot of these other guys. So, yeah, Trevion Henderson's the pick. 
Yeah, I think, you know, what it's going to end up being with Henderson is Judkins. We're going to end up liking both of the guys because they're going to mm-hmm. be fresher when they're in there, right? They're going to be highly efficient. We're going to get those big home run plays. So I think that's a good pick. You know, whenever you're doing a Debbie mock draft, right, we're trying to anticipate value. And I think you could easily see Henderson's value rising over the next year. At 104 here, I'm going to stick with the Buckeyes. And I do have a little bit of a decision to make just sticking with that team. But at 104, I'm going to go with Amike Buka because we're talking about making a smart investment with a Devi draft pick here. And I think Buka is a high floor pick to make. I think that if he went out this year, he would have been right in that top 50 range. And I think all he's going to do is improve that draft stock. I do think he's got really nice hands. He's athletic. Uh, he shows great route running in the bottom third of the field. I hope he's used in an expanded role at Ohio State this year. I hope he's able to stay healthy over the course of the season. And if he does, I think he's going to put up good production. I do, you know, I do think Ohio State's going to move a little bit more towards the run. But I think between Ibuka and Carnell Tate, those two guys are going to be featured in the Buckeyes offense. And I'm sure we're going to get back to Tate here before this draft is over. Uh, mm-hmm. But why don't you go ahead here and uh, keep it moving, Cooper? Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, Abuka, before injuries derailed this season, he was, by most people, considered the wide receiver two in Debbie behind Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, a lot of people thought Ohio State had the one, too. And then and then other guys rose and Abuka fell. But, yeah, definitely still plenty of upside taking him here. Um, for me, I think I am going to go – I'm going to go ahead and take that gamble on Evan Stewart, who I mentioned earlier. All right. I think uh, the upside is tremendous. The The freshman season that he put uh, on tape and, you know, just the production, the, late in the year he was just gobbling up targets, 10-plus targets week after week after week, and just showed really high-level route running, great ball skills, yards after the catch. He's so twitchy. And then even early into this year, it looked like he was picking up right where he left off. He had some monster games. And really, the fall-off happened after Wegman got hurt. And that whole team fell apart, and the quarterback play was atrocious. And so I think it's while it's discouraging that he didn't do more this year, you can point to exactly why it happened. It's not like it's a mystery. And I, I love the talent. I, I like the landing spot with Oregon. It's a team that passes the ball a ton. Dylan Gabriel is a high-level college quarterback. Uh, and, you know, while Oregon is not necessarily known for churning out NFL wide receivers, uh, they did just develop uh, Troy Franklin really well. So, I mean, he he was a guy that not only did they – is he projected to get first-round NFL draft capital right now – but he improved so much year over year, which shows that coaching staff developed him well. And so I'm really optimistic about this spot for Evan Stewart. And it's going to be a a stage where he gets national attention and scouts at his games. And it's just everything you could have really wanted from a situation. And so I'm hoping for a massive bounce back year from Evan Stewart. We'll lock him in here. All right, Stewart at 105. You know, you look at a man, 6'0", uh, 175, I believe, is his listed weight. Uh, there's continuity in that Oregon offense. I think you could see him slotting right into that Troy Franklin role, right? You put him along the outside, and hopefully he can produce at a similar level. Um, I think that the move from Bo Nix to Dylan Gabriel, uh, in terms of you know being a receiver, it's not a big drop-off for what you're looking for. So I, I do think uh, Stewart has a lot of opportunity there. Uh, to go in and produce right away uh, for Dan Landing in the Ducks. At 106, I'm going to go with Quinshawn Judkins. I just think the, the 
uh, ceiling is so high with Judkins. He's explosive. We see that downfield acceleration. We've got a good lower body play strength. And of course, back-to-back highly productive seasons, including 1,000-plus yards as a true freshman in the SEC. Uh, And I alluded to it earlier. I think that we're going to like both Judkins and Henderson a lot because they're going to be rotating with each other. And I think they're both going to be put in in a situation to succeed in that Ohio State offense. Plus, you know, you look at it, a Judkins, he's got a lot of carries over the first two years of his career. I think it's going to help his draft stock that he doesn't have to carry the load of an offense this year. You know, a little bit fresher legs to head into the NFL with. So top six pick, I think Judkins is going to go as a top six pick in just about every Debbie uh, startup this offseason. And that'll take us to the back half of the first round. Keep this thing going, Cooper. Are we going to get a quarterback off the board? We are not. Um, I just don't. <laughs> love any of these quarterbacks like I, I just feel like you're just hoping you haven't really seen it yet so no I, I it feels like too much of a gamble for me at this point when there's proven studs at, at other positions to just chase that super flex upside so um I am gonna go with Trevor Etienne running back mm. at Georgia um Trevor Etienne is a little bit on the smaller side but he's just got high level NFL traits. I mean, every time I watch the guy play, he pops. Uh, I mean, contact balance, footwork, quickness to make people miss in the hole, explosiveness. He he looks really he looks the part of an NFL running back. He looks the part of uh not just a jag, but a guy who's going to go out there and be a difference maker. And I love the spot with Georgia to get on the national stage, maybe play in some college football playoff games. And uh, be in front of a lot of NFL scouts. They're going to see those same high-level traits that I've seen over the last few years. And, uh, yeah, big fan of the player. So I'm going to go ahead and take Trevor Etienne here. Yeah, 5'9", 218. And doesn't it look like he's still got room to, to put muscle onto that frame? You know, yeah, so I, I, mean, I that, think there's a lot of opportunity. Like, he could come in 5'9", 225, uh, I think, pretty easily. That'd be really good size. I mean, just from a BMI standpoint, 5'9 is a little short, but we, we care about the weight more and yeah. certainly i mean seeing guys like hn and gibbs and so many smaller guys killing it yeah. at the next level like 218 is plenty fine plenty fine. i also as a volunteer I, I personally i love that you suggested that transferring out of florida would put him on the national stage so i i do uh, cherish <laughs> that as well yeah i mean he probably already was to an extent but not not like georgia i mean georgia yeah. the way they've been the last few years they're just they're a powerhouse you're, you're gonna be playing in the biggest games playing at Georgia. So, yeah, I think you could lock in a semifinals appearance there for Georgia. Uh, unless at least, unless things go terribly wrong. Well, it's a 12 team playoff. So, I mean, there's a lot that can happen, but certainly they're going to make the playoff. You'd be, if they didn't make a 12 team playoff, you'd be beyond shocked. And there's a history there of, of producing NFL running backs too. So you go like that. Big time. Big time. All right, 108 here. I'm going to take the plunge, uh, and I'm going to do it for the purposes of this draft. I, there's at least one more player that I would probably take over a quarterback, but I don't think realistically in your Devi drafts you'll get to 108 without a quarterback coming off the board. And I say a quarterback because I don't think there is a consensus quarterback here. You might see Carson Beck go off the board first. You might see Quinn Ewers go off the board first. Jackson Dart, Shador Sanders. Uh, could be coming off the board early, or you could see guys skip right ahead to the 2026 quarterback class. 
That wouldn't shock me either. I am going to go Quinn Ewers here at 108. Uh, mm-hmm. but, and this is this is a draft pick that you're making for upside, right? You're making this Quinn Ewers draft pick with the idea that he could put everything together because we've seen the arm talent. At times, we've seen the consistent mechanics, right? At times, we've seen the good decision-making, but we haven't consistently seen those things strewn together at the same time too often. We have seen it done in big games, but we need to see Mm -hmm. it over the course of a full season. And Quinn Ewers will have every opportunity to do that, right? We have a, a strong offensive line. A lot of that great offensive line was young. They'll be returning this year. You'd still have a ton of wide receiver pieces, uh, and you have a great young running back and CJ Baxter there. So Ewers is going to be in power. He's going to have every opportunity to take the leap. And so with the 108 in a Debbie draft, I, I just feel like this is where we need to start taking these quarterbacks off the board realistically. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. And even if you don't love Quinn Ewers, which honestly I don't, if I did, I probably would have taken him. I know, already. I listened to the pod. I listened to the pod. Uh, but like, if you think that there's a good chance that he ends up being a first round NFL draft pick, that's value at this point. Even if you just want to wait until he's getting that draft season hype at this time next year and sell him, you're going to turn a profit on taking him at one Oh eight, assuming that he's getting first round buzz, which, you know, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I, this next pick, this is really, really tough for me. And because it's two guys that I like a lot, but I think I'm going to go with Zachariah Branch. All right. That's your guy. Yeah. The upside is tremendous. Obviously, for all the hype that he had very early in the year, because he came onto the scene hot the first week of the college season and everybody was just raving about him, us included. And it was a little bit surprising that over the course of the season, he did not get more involved. Uh, I I really thought we would see more and more and more of him, and he really just stayed as that kind of gadgety, low volume, you know, not really being used as a true wide receiver, which is a lot of what we saw out of Luther Burden, his freshman season, right? And and, uh, if you look at the the Campus to Canton year one zero thresholds, uh, Zachariah Branch still smashed all eight of them. So... uh, they've noted that the hit rate for guys that, that break that many thresholds is, is pretty high. And, and I think it just shows his versatility and his athleticism to come in as a true freshman and contribute to a team in that many different ways, rushing, receiving kick returns, punt returns, all of it. And so to me, when he is out there on the field with the ball in his hands, he just looks different. He looks different than everybody else on the field as an athlete. And, I'm hoping to see a whole lot more out of him as a receiver this year. I hope he has that Luther Burden-esque sophomore season. But the talent there is just too good to pass up. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And so that is our first player, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's our first player into the 2026 class. I think you're right. Uh, And and I think that upside is definitely worth it. So uh, Branch, of course, playing at USC 5'10", 172. Let's hope uh, the shakeup there in Southern California shakes up some, uh, I don't know, I would say creativity, but just consistency. Let, let's get these mm-hmm. weapons involved and, and let's see if Miller Moss can can lock in there with Zach Branch, uh, assuming Miller Moss is the quarterback. That looks like the way we're trending here. Uh, at 110, I'm going to go with Nick Singleton. And we always encourage comments if you're watching on YouTube, you know, let us know who we're taking too high, too low. I can already hear the comments. 
because there are definitely the Nick Singleton fans that are going to be uh, a little uh, confused as to why he went down here at 110. But Singleton, he's another guy, you know, five-star recruit. He's got good size. He's got that prototypical NFL size. Uh, but he hasn't put it together consistently. But what do we have? We have pops of explosiveness. We have examples of that lower body strength, goal line ability. If he can put those two things together, and I think that he has the ability to do so, and then you add in that new offensive coordinator, which I feel like we play this game every other year at Penn State. We assume a new offensive coordinator is going to come in and make things more exciting. But my goodness, do they need it this upcoming year. So I'm hoping Nick Singleton benefits from that. And if he does, he's got the pedigree he's got the size uh to be a you know back end first round pick he could go as high as you know i think in the 20s of the first round if he puts it all together so i think at 110 you know i think that's the right level of investment right level of risk to put into the position yeah the upside's there for sure and honestly i mean there's two guys him and and aller that would have been yeah. taken by this point last year and oh absolutely uh, it just shows how rough of a season they had that that they've fallen this far um I'm going to go ahead. You've actually left me the guy that I was debating between with Branch last round, and that's C.J. Baxter. So right. I, I like C.J. Baxter a lot, the running back out of Texas. Um, with Jonathan Brooks officially declaring for the NFL, that paves the way for for uh, Baxter to be the lead back next year. And when he took over as the lead back late in the season after Brooks's injury, he looked great doing it. This is the number one running back in his class, a five-star Traits for days, big, strong, fast, can catch the ball, uh, can do all of it. And and now he's had a year to kind of sit and develop and, and for the game to slow down for him a little bit. I, I think he's going to definitely be a huge riser next year. And, and the value at this time next year should be a lot higher than where I just took him. Yeah, I think that's a real good call. I think if we didn't have that uh, early injury to CJ Baxter, we would be talking about him a lot more. I think folks forget that Jonathan Brooks, who everyone has fallen in love with, Jonathan Brooks originally was not the running back one. C.J. Baxter won out that job to start the mm -hmm. season. And, and I'm not knocking Jonathan Brooks. I think that that emphasizes what they see in C.J. Baxter. So I, I, that's a great pick. At 112, I'm going to go. I'm going to dig in to the 2027 class. All right. Yeah. So this the incoming freshman here, Jeremiah Smith out of Ohio State, 6'3". 215 at 18 years old. I think the expectation here is that Jeremiah Smith is going to come in and be able to contribute uh, pretty much immediately for this Ohio State offense. And now, Cooper, I'm very transparent with the rookie big board listeners. Uh, I don't study high school player film. All right. That's the line that I draw. <laughs> but uh, me and you both, the, brother. Right. There's got to be a line. All right. There's got to be a line. And I'm honest with what I do and don't watch, right? I watch a lot of film on these 2024 guys, uh, but everything about Jeremiah Smith says that he deserves to be, you know, selected right here back into the first round of Debbie drafts. We're talking about a guy who's projected to be a top 10 NFL draft pick at wide receiver. And he's coming into a program that's going to continue to develop him in that is going to probably feature him early as well. So, you know, there's there's been a decent exodus in the Ohio State wide receiver uh, depth chart between the transfer portal and the NFL draft. So Smith will have that ability, and he certainly has the pedigree uh, to go ahead and contribute right away. So Jeremiah Smith, uh, incoming freshman, class of 2027, coming off the board as the final pick in the first round of our draft. But, uh, you know, uh, Cooper, we got 12 picks left in this draft. Uh -huh. So 
Uh, let's go ahead. Let's keep getting at it. Yeah, man. I, I love that pick. Um, Jeremiah Smith, fantastic pick upside through the roof. I I'll go. I'll, I'll take my first quarterback here. Um, and I'll go with Carson Beck from Georgia. Right. I think whenever I watched him this year, I was impressed. I didn't expect to be because I, you know, I just it was like, okay, the next Georgia quarterback, and they're usually just game managers and you know, run heavy team and the whole thing. But every time I would go in and, and, and when I'm cutting film for the Dynasty Nerds, which is something that I do, uh, another one of my hats that I wear in the fantasy space. I was cutting up a lot of Brock Bowers this year, a lot of Lad McConkey. You know, they've got a lot of 2024 guys that are relevant. So we're, we're getting in there and we're cutting up the game tape. And every time I watched, Carson Beck popped. It's like, man, he throws a beautiful ball. Like he he's tall. He's he's more mobile than you would expect him to be for a tall white guy. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, not like I mean, he's not ru a rushing quarterback, but he certainly can escape the pocket and make some throws on the run and. The, the ball just zips out of his hand. I mean, he looks like he's got a lot of arm talent. So, yeah, played great this year. Coming back, strong team. Should be in contention for the championship. I think he's got a, a case to really make a name for himself and end up being a first-round pick next year. Yeah, when I took uh, Quinn at 108, it was close between him and uh, him and Beck. And for that exact reason, you know, I, I ended up taking Ewers at 108 because I thought he had a higher ceiling. But I think Beck comes with a real nice floor. You know, the expectation mm -hmm. was that he would probably have been a, a top 50 pick in this year's draft if he came out. Uh, he was, you know, he has that that higher recruiting pedigree. We're not talking about Stetson Bennett, you know, walk-on quarterback here. And you mentioned it, the poise in the pockets there. He's got good arm talent. And, you know, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of Carson Beck next year. So I, I think that's a really nice pick there. I'm going to go quarterback as well. Maybe we get a little bit of a run going here. I'm going into the class of 2026. And okay. I'm making a little bit of a homer selection here, but I'm going with Nico Iamaliava, 6'5", 195. I got one game. I'm going off of one game, but it was the Iowa defense. And Nico looked good. He looked poised. He showed good decision-making. I thought he showed pretty good arm talent. And he showed that mobility, that, that mm -hmm. coveted mobility we love to see from Devi players. So I'm a big fan of Nico. Tennessee is going to be turning the offense over to him. We've never seen the Josh Heupel offense with a quarterback with this much talent. And I loved Hendon Hooker. I do. I love Hendon Hooker. But he does not have the, the raw talent in terms of either passing or rushing as Nico does. And so there's huge upside here. And I'm making this pick because I think Nico can be a first-round NFL draft pick. But even if I didn't, just making this pick uh, as somebody who's going to see his Debbie stock shoot up even from the first month of the next college football season as Tennessee mm -hmm. you know, eases into their schedule, it's just a smart value play here, even if I didn't believe in them long-term. But I do. Go Vols. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice pick. I will continue the quarterback run and I will continue Ooh. with the 2026 class and I will grab my guy Dante Moore who has been my QB1 in that class and continues to be um there were some rough patches this year I got to be honest there 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 really were I mean he started out hot and he got into the conference schedule and he just looked like he wasn't ready but there were some really really great traits too that were put on on film I, I think he's poised he's got a lot of intangibles just confidence leadership ability 
uh, calm under pressure. Incredible, like great arm talent, great mobility, a lot of the things that you want and that the NFL wants. And I, I love the maturity to go and say, you know what? I know I'm going to sit a year at Oregon behind Dylan Gabriel, but I'm going to go and I'm going to develop my craft. I'm going to wait my turn. I'm going to get to start for a major program. And uh, I, I'm not this year, but like I'm, I'm going to wait my turn and eventually – I'm going to be a better quarterback starting on a big stage for a major program. And so, yeah, I think with all of his raw talent to go take a year and, and develop is fantastic for him. And, and I still think at the end of the day, he could end up being the best quarterback in his class. So it's, it's a risk at this point, but I'm going to go ahead and swing on Dante Moore. Yeah, I, I think that's a smart pick. You know, I'm definitely not off Dante Moore. You look just because he transferred, to, you know, if he transferred to somewhere where he was starting this year, we would mm -hmm. be excited about him because we saw enough pop from him. So, uh, you know, why would we knock a guy who's going to be the heir apparent next season in one of the best offenses in college football, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're using long-term thinking, which can be rare sometimes <laughs> in fantasy football. Yeah, um, and he might take a short-term dip because people, he's right. going to be out of sight, out of mind. But, I mean, it, by all accounts, he had options too. All the top programs oh, yeah. were gunning for oh, yeah. him. Whereas then yeah. Mal Malachi Nelson ends up somehow at – uh Boise State. State, you know, it's like, yeah. what's going on there? But to me, that shows that like college teams saw enough out of him. His true freshman season are like, yeah, we want this guy. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, 204 here. I'm going to go back to Ohio State. I promise I am not a Buckeyes homer at all. Uh, I'm going to go back to Ohio State. Then I'm going to go with Carnell Tate, wide receiver, 6'2", 185. We did see some Carnell Tate this season, despite the fact that they had an extremely talented depth chart, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But I expect that Carnell Tate will be the wide receiver too. Uh, we just talked about the way Amika Ibuka has been primarily playing underneath. Uh, we have the option for Tate to kind of play more of an X-type role this year. I think from the uh, pops of athleticism, the pass-catching ability, the ball-tracking ability that we saw from Carnell Tate this year, uh, there's a lot to be excited about. You know, I think it tells us a decent amount that we're seeing uh, an exodus of, of the, you know, lower ranks of the wide receiver depth chart there at Ohio State as Carnell Tate has kind of been identified as, as the next uh, X-type mm -hmm. wide receiver for Ohio State. So I'm pretty excited for him. And I think to get him, you know, early to mid second round of a Debbie of a Debbie startup, that's a pretty good spot to get him. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm a big Carnell Tate fan. I think he showed it from the day he stepped on campus uh, in spring ball. We've been hearing buzz about him ever since. And to get on the field this year and contribute even a little bit in that wide receiver room, I think it just shows just how good he is. So, yeah, I, I love that pick. I am going to uh, also take a wide receiver. And I'm going to make a homer pick here. You see me wearing the NC State, oh, wrong side, oh. NC State shirt here. All right. I'm going to take my boy Kevin Concepcion. Uh, not a highly touted recruit coming in this year, but he came in as a true freshman, established himself as the best wide receiver we've had at NC State in I don't even know how long. And, I mean, he won ACC Rookie of the Year. He was way more productive than any of these other freshmen that we're taking. Um, and he looked good doing it to me. I mean, obviously I watch a lot of NC state games. He's quick. He's a little small. I mean, he's, he definitely at this point profiles as more of a slot guy, but he's so quick. He's really good at, at getting open over the middle of the field. 
And he's incredible after the catch. I mean, they were looking for any way to get the ball in his hands. He was, you know, running jet sweeps and taking snaps at running back. They were doing everything they could because every time he touched the ball, it seemed like he made a big play. So I think, you know, when, when we're in this range where we're taking guys that they're all risks, you know, there's nobody that you feel like is a sure bet at this point. Give me a guy who I've seen dominated the college level over, you know, some 2027 20, high school kid that, that we hope is good one day. So I'll take Kevin Concepcion. All right. I like that. At 207 here, I'm going to go with Shador Sanders, the quarterback out of Colorado. I think in most Debbie startups, Shador will be off the board probably well before uh, this yeah. pick here. Um, but, you know, the, I'm happy with the way the board fell, but I'm just trying to give kind of a realistic uh, interpretation here. Sure. The thing I will say about Sanders, he's going to be a divisive prospect. I thought he displayed excellent decision-making this year at Colorado. He was playing behind a horrible offensive line, and that's mm -hmm. probably doing them justice. Um, <laughs> and and he, he protected the ball. He had a high completion rate. He had a, a very good touchdown-to-interception ratio. And I think for me, like that shows a lot. I love when quarterbacks show good decision-making. Uh, he does have mobility. I don't think he's a pure scrambler. I think some people immediately think that he's this pure scrambler type quarterback. I think he looks to stay in the pocket first and, and he's got good arm talent. I don't think he's got generational arm talent, but you know, there's plenty of NFL schemes and systems where you can be successful without being able to chuck the ball 55 yards downfield. Mm -hmm. So I think Sanders showed us enough in his, um, his, his first or his first campaign at the power five level uh, to be excited about him. I think there's some Debbie startups. He'll be a top five pick and there's some startups will where he'll go in the second round. Some people are going to be adverse to the flash and the hype and all that goes into being Deion Sanders, kid. But at the end of the day, I think he's got a real shot of being a first round NFL draft pick. So if you could get that type of pick in the mid second round, I mean, sure. that's, that's the type of upside you're looking for in a Debbie draft. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I will take, with my next pick at the 207, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State running back Ollie Gordon. Uh, he he crushed it this year, just came out of, out of seemingly out of nowhere and established himself as one of the top backs in the 2025 draft class. Uh, and, and one of the things that intrigued me a ton with him is uh, the receiving upside. I mean, Ollie Gordon was used heavily in the receiving game this year. And so, yeah, I, I think that kind of production, you can't ignore it. And at, at a power five level, he's, he's got good size at six, one listed 211 pounds. And he caught almost 40 passes this year for 300 over 300 yards and a touchdown. And then, I mean, the rushing over 1700 rushing yards with 21 touchdowns. That's just nuts. So uh, over six yards of carry, I haven't gotten to like really dig in on his tape a ton, but that kind of production I think merits a pick at this point in the draft. Yeah, I, I like that pick. Uh, I think that's a good one there. I almost made this pick at 112. I almost made this pick at, at 202, at 204, at 206. I'm finally going to make it here at 208. I'm going to do it for the brand. I'm taking running back Devin Neal out of Kansas. I love Devin Neal. I was pushing the hype train. I really wanted him to declare this year. I thought he was a day two mm -hmm. lock if he did that. And I thought, you know, he would have been running back two or three for me in this uh, year's running back class. 
It sounds like he got the NIL bag to come back for another year. I don't blame him for doing so. And I know he's a big Kansas guy through and through. He always has been. I love his vision. I love uh, his decisive running style. I think he's got great play strength. Uh, he's an excellent goal line running back. He's explosive. He ha- hits that second gear into the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that I'll be looking to draft Devin Neal everywhere I can this offseason, but I pretty much got him everywhere already. <laughs> uh, so yeah. in my C2C leagues, I'm happy about it. Uh, but in my Devi leagues, it's uh, it's going to have to wait another year uh, for Devin Neal. But at 208, oh, make this pick all day. Yeah, I like it. He would have been a top three back for me in this class as well. And, you know, my my only concern, I guess, on him is why did he go back? Did he go back because he got the NIL bag or did he go back because he was getting a day three grade from NFL scouts? Um, But I I love everything. Everything that you said that you've seen from him on tape, I've seen the same. And so if NFL scouts are viewing him as day three, I I would question that and and say take another look because I I think – He's a really good football player. Um, For this next pick, I am going to swing for the fences a little bit. I'm going to take Connor Wegman, five-star quarterback uh, that was looking really, really good this year before he got hurt. And frankly, he's the only one in his draft class that was looking really, really good this year. I mean, obviously you got Sanders was 2024 eligible. Beck was 2024 eligible. They're, They're deciding to go back. But from the guys that were like, Truly in the 2025 class, Wegman looked the best to me. And um, I think he's got real talent. He's got a real shot to to be a first-round pick next year, which we've said that about a lot of guys. But that's because it's so up in the air. There's a lot of guys with talent. Nobody's really established and proved themselves. And so, like, at the end of the day, if you told me this time next year, Connor Wegman is most people's QB1, would I be shocked by it? No, not, not at all. So... To get that at 209 uh, with a five-star pedigree, I think that's a risk worth taking at this point. All right. At 210, I'm going to go to the 2026 class, and I'm going to go quarterback. Going to go Jackson Arnold out of Oklahoma. It is clear to me that the Oklahoma team is very excited about Jackson Arnold and what he can do for this Sooners team. We did see uh, him in some, I would say limited, but I think for a freshman, that, that wasn't the starter. I thought we saw a pretty good amount of exposure to him. Especially in that we saw, game. I mean, yeah, saw him yeah. get to start a game against a ranked team. Yeah, great point. Yeah, I even, I even forgot about the bowl game. Uh, but we saw poise. We saw good arm talent. Um, and, and I think that we saw a good mechanical foundation for Jackson Arnold. So I think that there's a lot to be excited about. Um, and I've noticed, you know, some players you can pick up on that they have, you know, kind of hype trains or, or guys that, that, you know, get behind them. There's, there's a Jackson Arnold hive out there. So you might not get them at 210 in your, in your, uh, Debbie startup drafts because there, there might always be somebody else higher on Jackson Arnold in your league. But if he is here, as you start to get into the mid second round, I think you're definitely in justified territory to go ahead and add him to your bench. Yeah, I mean, he threw for 361 yards in that bowl game against a 14th-ranked Arizona team in his first start as a true freshman. Now, granted, he also had three interceptions and a fumble, but he's a true freshman, and he clearly showed the upside uh, in that game. So I think that's a good pick. And, man, here I am finishing this draft off. Uh, Well, my last last pick, you, you still have one. This is my last pick, and there are so many guys I still like on the board. It makes this... Really, really tough. Um, 
Hmm. I will go ahead and take. I'll take a swing on Micah Hudson from the 2027 class. Ah, all right. Um, like you, I also don't watch high school tape, so this is totally like sight unseen. Just going off of what I've heard other people say about him, going off the rankings. I've heard that some people have him over Jeremiah Smith. Um, I, I've heard some guys say that he's one of the best high school wide receivers they've ever seen. So I, that intrigues me <laughs> enough to say, like, all right, I'll 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 take a swing here. And uh, that I don't really have a whole lot else to say about it other than that. So, All right. 211, Micah Hudson. I like that. Uh, my last pick here, 212. This is the this is the worst pick in the draft to have because there's a ton of guys. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm if you're watching the video, I'm like looking off screen because I'm looking at the rookie big board, the Debbie big board rankings, and there's a lot of names I want to mention here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Donovan Edwards. I haven't forgotten about Donovan Edwards. Justice Haynes, <laughs> your boy. I, Justice going Haynes, back watching yeah. Texas A&M tape, I liked Ruben Owens. I saw a lot of good pop out of Ruben Owens. We haven't mentioned Drew Alar, Cade Klubnick, um, you know, uh, Isaiah Williams. Would you say? Antonio Williams from Clemson. A- Antonio Williams. Um, but all of that to be said, all of those Cook. names thrown around. All of those names thrown around here. We've drafted Nico. We've drafted Dante. All right. We've drafted uh, Jackson Arnold. We we got to take Arch. We got to take Arch <laughs> off the board here. With the 212, you know what? I don't think Arch beats out Quinn Ewers at any point, you know, through spring cramp, spring or fall camp. But if he did, would you be that shocked, right? I mean, so there's the potential there. He's developed. He's learning. Uh, obviously, we haven't really seen – we saw a little bit of Arch, right? There was the one game I think he came in uh, when Malik uh, Murphy was injured. Uh, but there's a reason Murphy transferred out. You know, he clearly didn't feel like he'd be quarterback too. I do think that there's going to be pressure to get Arch on the field and, and see what this high recruiting pedigree is all about. So, and the other thing too, is that even if Arch doesn't see the field this year, even if Quinn plays the full year and goes off and isn't great NFL draft pick, uh, there's insulated value with Arch Manning, right? Like right. he is not, his Debbie value is not going to drop off for him not being on the field. There's a reason for it. And there's a recruiting pedigree behind being excited about him. So I think at 212 here, this is a, this is a good value, good investment pick. And I realize I've been saying that a lot, this Debbie draft, but I think if you're doing a Debbie startup in January, realistically looking at that, or even trading for guys, you have to be thinking from a value-based perspective at this point in time. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate that pick at all. I mean, from a value standpoint, it makes sense. It's just a total unknown, right? Like, we haven't seen him on a college field. Um, People have pointed out that his high school competition was not very good either, and so it's like we know he's a five-star guy and he's got the Manning name, and that's really about all we know about him at this point. But that enough, I think, is reason – like, I I really do think, even if he sat on the bench all year, I think you're right. I think you could take him at 212 and then sell for a profit – which is crazy. I love it. But. This, this is a fun draft, man. I love getting into it in, in you know late January because the consensus is all over the place. And yeah. that's what makes it fun. That's what makes these discussions fun. Uh, make sure 
that you are locked into the Rookie Big Board, head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board to see the full Debbie rankings we're talking about. And of course, the rookie rankings. Honestly, most importantly, get into the Rookie Big Board Discord so you can chop it up with me and Cooper. That's where the fun is happening. This discussion is happening each and every day. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. Let us know who do we take too high? Who do we take too low? And also make sure to head on over to Coop's YouTube channel, uh, Debbie to Dynasty Film Room. That will be linked in the episode description, whether you're watching, whether you're listening, as well as the link to the Patreon. <laughs> 